Welcome to Anything But Routine. Today, before we start the podcast, we want to talk about digital dance. We have videos from dance experts from all over the world. Start your seven-day free trial at digitaldanceinstruction.com. Today on the podcast, Cindy talks about making the most out of your dance classes. Enjoy the podcast. So now I'm specifically going to talk about preschool for a while, how to get the most out of preschool. So things I do to make, I only do my preschool for 30 minutes, so I really have to make every minute count. And I have it so that this is the entrance door, this is the exit door. They're lined up over here, ready to go when they come in. Mom and dad have their name tag on their child so that I don't have, and I quit using name tags midway through the year, but, um, and we also have ankle bands that I use like old scrunchies. And I put like pink ones on their right and blue ones on their left. So in case I have boys, I have pink and blue. And they have to come in with those on and their name tags on. And then the other kids exit this way so we don't have a traffic jam. And my assistants, I, if I have a lot of kids in my class with preschool, sometimes I have two assistants, which may seem like overkill. But that way one is getting the next class out and the, ne- the next one's in. And I really try to over deliver for my people. If I ever start late, I will add those minutes on at some point because I don't I don't want people to feel like they're not getting what they paid for. Other things I do with preschool, I go out and talk to the parents and go over everything I'm teaching and why I'm teaching it. Like sometimes we play activities and they might think it's a waste of time, but I'm like, okay, this activity is teaching chasses or this activity is teaching, like if you're improving, I explain why we're doing let it go and that I'm trying to get them to be creative or act angry, act sad, act surprised, all the different improv things I do. But I explain that to parents. I also have a different calendar for my preschool kids than I do my older kids that is geared just to preschool K first because it's more kid friendly. And I realized that a couple years ago that I was using my older calendars for my younger kids and it really didn't relate to them. So now we add a color page, we make it more interactive for the kids and we have a certificate every two months that they get for mastering certain skills. But so we'll have like a skill of the month that they're working on or three skills of the month. I do stickers pretty much daily with the kids to keep them engaged and remember that their attention span is about like this. So the great thing with preschool kids is you can repeat activities. They don't care, but you, you might want to shake it up. Like, so if you start in on your X's and then um, move to doing a circle game, instructional activity, let's preface it that, not a game, and then go to the bar a little bit or then go, you know, so that you shake it up. That's gonna keep their attention span engaged. And you could actually, if you wanted to, do the same lesson twice in 15 minutes and 15 minutes. And, you know, I would ask, I would change up the activities, but you can, can go from line to circle to across the floor or something like such. To, to make it break it up for them. I this year got a great big hot pink uh, rug to stretch on and for me that has been great because they come in the room and they immediately sit on that rug and they want to calm down. And so we'll do our stretching first, then I usually do a move the circle activity or I do a chasse with my dance friends, with I, which I sang, if you want it, email me and I'll send it to you. Um, but, and then I have a little triangle that they wake up at the end and, and I ring it. So. 
Just keeping them moving fast and having a plan. I have a list that you can download that will have all the different activities you can do for preschool. And then you just keep them all in your playlist or have that list handy because you can kind of like mix and match from different parts of it. Whether one is, uh, you know, like maybe we'll do bridge ups or rosebuds or some little activity in the middle of the floor and then then possibly we'll do ballet positions and switch to you know so you just got to be switching constantly for preschool and keeping it interesting the other thing i didn't mention is props 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 like i have pom-poms i have ribbons i just take crepe paper on paint sticks cheap and works um, i bought rhythm sticks but you could use paint sticks for that too so i do rhythm activities um i have roses that i use for tondu the tulip and I have, or tulips, excuse me, but flowers. And then I have little pet animals. I took all my daughter's beanie babies from when she was little and we have a little pet hospital. And when we do hooray for chasse, they get to use a pet and they hold it in first position and it helps them keep their arms down. And the little, the little pet, they get to adopt it. And the way I get them to not hate certain pets is I'm like, we don't want you know, if whatever pet you get, pretend you love it because we don't want the bear to feel sad or we don't want the dog to feel sad. And they'll be like, okay. And that works for colors too. We don't want purple to feel sad. So if you wanted pink, but you got purple. And I also use the saying, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And we say that and they chant it out loud and that helps too. Other props that you can use for preschool are glow circles. Like if you had three classes in a row, I mean, that would get expensive if you did it often. Glow circles or glow sticks for a special day. If it's a night class and it gets dark in your studio, you could use those. They love flashlights. I use flashlights for like those little kind you get at the Home Depot, like up and down, up and down, or making circles, or there's li little rhythmic preschool songs that you can match the lights to. And they really like that. We use bean bags, and those beanie babies I was talking about can also be used for bean bag shake. We've used bells, props, shake it up for the kids. My favorite song of all time is Move the Circle Round and Round, and I don't know who even did it and we'll do hop and hop and stop and wake up ballerinas from Imagine Dancers and I think they're based out of Minneapolis. Jump around the room and if you can buy the We Sing, W-E-E -E, Sing, everything like Halloween, Patriotic, Christmas, every, We Sing Holidays, all the We Sings are great and try to have a different activity per month like in the back to school you could be doing ABC and people on the bus because you're going on the school bus. So anything that you can do to make it different and exciting. Now things for improv, I mentioned let it go. Then I have a list of things like speed, like go fast or go slow and go loud or go quiet and act excited, act like a movie star, act surprised, act sad, act, act angry. Another one I heard about for preschool is a mime one where if I put my right hand up, my twin has to put their right hand up and left hand and if I move they have to move so it's like you play mirror and mime and that's a fun partner one they have to copy their partner that's a great one any princess songs for um, stretching and I also do one where I pretend I'm Ursula and then I turn into the fairy godmother so I have these multiple characters but like for beautiful feet it's the fairy godmother and for we call them icky feet. I'll go, I am Ursula and I want you to have icky feet. And then they do it and then I'll be like, but I am the fairy godmother. And it's goofy doing it, but they love it. So that's a good one. Then 
another, like in my grid of what I'm doing every week, it would be a section of stretching, a section of skill work, a section of activities, and a section of the dance. So under skill work, we could do things like body rolls, basic turns, learning to balance, learning to chasse, learning to passe, learning to walk on releve. So anything that you're trying to teach them is part of the skill work or ballet positions. Now I've created these new ballet mats that have been just the best thing since sliced bread, which they're color coded for their feet, for first position, for second position, and third, and, and it helps them learn them. It also helps them stay in their, have some spatial awareness I talk about them having a bubble blown around them and if they get too close to the child next to them, they're going to pop it. So the spatial awareness, because the mats are a little bit bigger and they stay on their own mat. So that's something that we do our ballet positions. We don't do it very long every class, maybe six minutes, five minutes, and then they're off and on to something else. When I get to K and first, I start doing stations and sometimes with preschool, but not as often. And the stations may be stuff like a BOSU ball in this corner for balancing. And then over in this corner might be a mini tramp to work on um, some jumps. And then I might have a pool noodle that they can leap over or um, they can use it for limbo or they can use it for a rainbow or for some week, depending. Hula hoop, they get to that place and they do a toe touch or a, a pirouette. And then we sometimes do partner spotting drills with the handout so they can see the eyes of the other child. Another thing I do with K-First is, and I did this by happenstance one day, I brought in an older class, and they were they happened to be fourth and fifth graders, and they were our A class, so they were the really high-level kids, and they matched to a, a K-First grader, and they had a mentor. So this girl would work with this girl every time they came in once a month, maybe for 15 minutes, and the parents of the other class found it fun too because their child got to teach and mentor. And so I put them one-on-one, -on -one and that was a really neat thing um, that helped the K and first grades. They got to dance for them, so they showed them what it should look like. And then, of course, the K and first one will look like the bigger girls, and the bigger girls felt really empowered that they were able to teach. So that was a fun thing, too. And I think you could then carry that on and have maybe even the K first help with the preschool, seventh and eighth help with the fourth and fifth, and so on, so that they get to mentor one another. And that, that can be a real uh, positive thing at your studio. Now I'm gonna talk about fourth grade and older. Now when I do these classes, um, I, I a lot of times write on a grease board what they're gonna do that week so they kind of have an inkling of what to expect so that I have a plan. I also have a list of across the floors that I can use every week. And you think you're gonna remember everything, but you don't. So make sure that you have this chart or list with you. And I call it my power hour, and it's not like the power hour when you're turning 21. It's how to power that hour and get as much out of it as you can. So I'll have a list of core ab work, a list of across the floors, maybe a list of flexibility, a list of things to get your cardio going, and that way I can play mix and match and come up with a class plan pretty fast for that age group. So just make sure you're organized with your lists and that will help you out. So when you're thinking of your class, and sometimes you think an hour is gonna last really long or a half hour depending what you're teaching, and make sure you're covering all of those aspects during your class, your class will buzz by. So if you divide your your class into these things, flexibility, strength, technique, musicality, endurance, choreography, and some inspiration. So if every day you cover all those things, 
you know, it's going to go very fast. So you've got to create that feeling like you have a lot to get in there. And remember that you have to inspire these kids daily because it's not going to last. You want them to be motivated. So motivating them in some way with either a saying or a story or something to get them engaged is so important. So the culture you create in your class can't be one where they can run in and out. I've been to some dance studios as an observer and I'm like, oh my gosh, those kids are out of control. So our kids more have the mentality where they go, can I get a drink? And you're like, swallow your spit. You know, we don't allow them to have a break. And I'm teasing, but if they need water, they bring their water bottle in and it's across the back of the room where no one will trip on it. And we don't have a drink break, but if they're thirsty, they can run, get a drink and run back, right back into line so that it's a necessity. They're getting the drink, they're getting back in line. And if you if you start allowing drinks, it, what happens is, especially with younger kids, it's contagious, you know? So again, how fast are you moving? Because they should fear they're going to miss something if they step out to get a drink almost. So a useful tool at class is a cell phone. And I know you're like, what? Let them bring cell phones to class. But what you can do is have a twin or a half side group and they film them doing everything in slow-mo. And then the next time they can film them from a different angle, you pick up different things. You could film the whole half of the room with the phone to see for timing. You know, so use that cell phone to your benefit to help them get stronger. Whenever you're trying to fix something, make sure that you're in on it so it's a we project rather than you have to fix this. So I feel um, another thing I do that's really valuable is show them the films that I make. It is a great investment to get a GoPro and set it up front because a GoPro will get the whole class. You'll be able to see every end of, of both lines and then show them that on your computer and keep freeze framing it. And that's a great way to help them clean routines. I'm gonna touch on cleaning. I actually do a whole class on cleaning of routines and getting them to be exact. But I'll just talk about a few things here just to touch on it in case you never listened to the other one. So one of my quotes I say is, do sweat the small stuff. Sweat the details and make sure they're exactly the same. Everything from body position to directional changes. Go over the routine, count by count, visualizing each beat as a picture. So think of each frame as a picture that they can't lead into the next frame without completing the move of the frame. So beat by beat cleaning is important. It's also important to um, teach it correctly so that the cleaning process becomes easier. Really pay, pay attention to head position and the head snapping with whatever you're doing because a lot of people forget the head. I was one day helping clean a figure skating team and I was like, I couldn't figure out why they looked offish. And all of a sudden I went, it's your head. You're not using your heads at all. And it's so ingrained in what my kids are learning that I couldn't at first pick it out and that's what it was. So make sure that your heads are into what you're you're doing. Get up on a ladder to watch your classes. I have a really tall ladder so I can get up high and see what my back, you know, because you want to see every row, not just the front row. And we tend to focus on the front row. And they say there's eight angles of the room to clean your routine from. So think about that. I know if I get a phone call and I have to go out to the lobby for something, I come back in. I'm always like, oh my gosh, the back row, yada, yada. You see different things from the back, like running or the feet position or just how they're doing something, shoulders. So remember that you don't always sit up front and middle. You should go to these corners, the front, the sides, the back, and the back middle. So there's all those angles to watch from and that will help. The other thing is film in slow motion because exact timing, especially with turns, 
I find that slow motion really helps me see if someone's taking off wrong on a prep or you know where they're getting ahead or behind on because you can sometimes see things on video that you don't see with the naked eye so really be using the video. One aspect to also think about with your classes is routine enhancement. Just because you've taught the routine one way doesn't mean if something's not working that you've got to fix it. So don't be afraid to change something that's not working and make it better. I know sometimes you have to wait a while to see if it's they, because they physically can't do it or they don't know it yet or the learning curve hasn't taken place or if it simply is not going to work because you want to always be enhancing that routine. Something fun that we do at our studio because we have four floors going at a time is we'll do show and tell. And I think that that is um, fun for them to learn how to perform, which is just as important as learning the skills. So have one class go in and watch the other class. And you, uh, you have to always check ahead because you obviously don't want to disrupt what another teacher has planned to do. So sometimes I'll send my assistant in if I, I feel a need to to show our routine and they'll say oh no today's not a good day but tomorrow would you know so you don't have you can't interrupt them but it's a great way to have the kids get inspired by other people and just a little clapping takes place I sometimes I'll just go in the lobby and say hey we need someone to watch our routine anybody that wants to come in come on in I'll get a big crowd in there and it always makes you get a little more from your kids they're wanting to show up because everyone's watching so I try to do show and tell quite often I love it I feel it really helps the parents see the development that the kids are making in stages and they can go, wow, they're, it also, like if an older class comes in and dances for a younger class, they can say, wow, when my kid is in third grade, I bet she's gonna be able to do that. And the neat things for the kids is they get inspired by an older dancer and they wanna be that good, so they try harder. So I really encourage you having classes perform for one another. Now let's talk a little bit about improv. I used to think it was a waste of time and I was worried that parents would think we weren't, you know, that we weren't getting anything done. So you do have to communicate to parents if you're going to improv, but you have to make it comfortable for your kids and it's a, definitely a great way for kids to improve their musicality, their emotion, and be able to show the feeling in their dances. So you have to make it comfortable, lights out if possible, have spotlights, and um, make it be a safe environment where no one can laugh at anyone and basically they get attention if they do well so it's just a great way for them to get more freedom and be uninhibited so check out our grid for ways to increase your endurance as that's one of the core things you need to be doing every week it could be as simple as running your routine two times in a row without stopping it could be um, different sets of cardio that you've done at a workout you've been at um, I usually like to use dance moves for cardio, so I'm double dipping. I may be working on chasse and ball change, like have an order of what they are doing to get their cardio up. And it could be even things like, you know, multiple jumps or leaps in a row. And what I'll do at classes, if I did some really aggressive cardio, then I follow that by some slower stretching and ab work so that you don't kill them off. So you kind of do one and then go to the other and then do one and go to the other. I have a list of about six or seven different abs that I do with my classes, so you can come up with different ab work and vary it every week so it becomes you know, not so mundane for them to do the same abs. So we have one we did the Gangnam style that was funny, and then we had some that are called squirms, or I've taken them off, Biggest Loser, I've taken abs off everywhere so that you can shake it up every week and have your go-to six or seven different types of abs, and it's going to keep things interesting for them.
Just to close with, I always close my classes with having them bring it in. And I know one of my dancers went on to be coaching at another high school and she was like, I can never figure out what felt different there. And she said, all of a sudden I realized it's because they don't come together at the end. And I, we used to always sit down at the end and I'll go, here's what I felt went, went well today. Here's what we got to work on next week or tomorrow. It depends what class I'm with. And, you know, you did a great job and here's what I need to you know, you just communicate. So I communicate to the kids what what we are, what we're looking forward to, what's coming on the horizon. Keeps them interested, wanting to come back to class. I talk about upcoming events so that I, you know, the parents never read anything, right? So you need to communicate what's going on there. So I think bringing it in is really important. And then we always have them yell whatever the class is, like star lights, and they bring their hand in and yell it. And I start that as young as K first. I invite you to join our Facebook Dance Coaches and Teachers Unite. So I firmly believe that we are all stronger together and I will personally answer questions on there. So make some posts, share your successes, share what has gone well for you and what you need help with because together we're all stronger. Thanks for listening to Anthony Routine. If you like the podcast, hit subscribe. Give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. 